It's a Thursday here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network, and that, of course, means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with your man, Tom Ryle, and your boy, Roy White. Tom, you can follow, of course, at our dub, uh, excuse me, at Tom Ryle, BTB, on the social media sphere, Twitter specifically. And you can follow myself at RW3. Hit us up, give us your thoughts, and let us know how you're feeling after every Cowboys win or loss. And we'll be happy to work it into the program. Uh, this is another episode of Riled Up, heard every Thursday on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. And lots to get into, Tom. It's hard to feel bad for winning a game in today's NFL. But mm-hmm. when you do it in the fashion that the Cowboys did on Sunday, They gave us much to feel good about on one side of the ball, but on the other side of the ball, we are left feeling quite unfulfilled, if that is a fair description of what we saw from an offensive unit that was, prior to the game, as healthy as any has looked this season for the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. Yeah, it was – we can do it a little more, but – just to open, I understand how people come out with an uncomfortable feeling because for whatever reasons, and there's probably multiple ones. Well, I'll give you the first reason. It's one we've talked about, right? Defense is highly variable and it's largely dependent on the opponent you are playing. Not to take anything away from the Cowboys defense and how they performed because it was as complete of a defensive performance as we've, as we've seen from them this season. Mm-hmm. But as you and I also spoke about, right, one of the falsehoods of the Washington football team coming into this year was how good their defense looked a year ago, when in reality they looked good be- because they played a patty cake schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, however, I you can't help but look at what the Cowboys defense is doing and think man they've got some juice right now and they just got back uh you know they've gotten three players back up front two this was their first week back so you had Demarcus Lawrence Randy Gregory and Neville Gallimore on the field with the defense for the first time all year for the three of them and as I've mentioned in a few places all three of them got a sack. Mm-hmm. Unlimited I mean, snaps, by the way, because they did yes. not give Randy or Neville a full workload, much like they did with Tank a week ago when they had him on a pitch count as well. They ramped him up yeah. a little bit in this game, but for Gallimore and Randy, we're only talking about 30-some-odd snaps for the two of them apiece. Yeah. Yeah, so it's – yeah, this is exciting when you add in, you know, the, the super rookie Micah Parsons – uh, you've got Trayvon Diggs, uh, who is always a threat to uh, pick it off if the, the quarterback is at all off, and sometimes even if he's on target. Uh, and the rest of the secondary is playing very good. My, my goodness, we even saw Leighton Vanderish look good after he's been criticized so much. So, yeah, props to Dan Quinn because he's got something happening with this defense we have not seen in a long, long time. Yeah, it's happening for them in a big way, and it was happening for them on Sunday against the Washington football game. Not so much late in the game, right? But quite honestly, uh, we all felt relatively comfortable with that 24-0 cushion. You know, should they have let them back into the game? I would argue that was as much a responsibility as the offense not putting the game away as it was the defense not necessarily doing their part. 
So, of course, we come out of this game and we feel great about the defense. So that has me pondering a question that I'm interested to hear your answer on. If the Cowboys had to win a football game tomorrow and you got to choose which side of the football would be out there to try to win it for the Cowboys, are you putting Dak in the offense out there to score a touchdown? Are you putting Micah Parsons, Randy Gregory, and the defense out there to hold the opposing team from scoring? Well, maybe this is heavy recency bias, but we just saw the answer to that. It was the defense on the field at the end that won that game for the Cowboys. Well, maybe not one. Uh, because not the way that I predicted it would happen, Tom. I predicted a, yeah. a pick six to end the game, though it would be within one score until that pick six. So yeah. I didn't get my wish, but boy, it was as close as it could be to it. Yeah, and and you got to remember, the they weren't really in danger of losing the game in regulation. There was a chance Washington could come back and tie it mm-hmm. with a two-point conversion. So the offense didn't do anything after the, after the, the pick six against the Cowboys. They're down by eight. Dallas doesn't do anything offensively uh, and have to punt it. Now, they did get Washington to burn up their timeouts, so that was good. But there was still over two minutes left. And in comes Randy Gregory with a sack and a forced fumble that ends the game right there because then it was just three kneel downs and they were out of it. So right now, barring further evidence, I would rather the defense be trying to hold on to a lead than the offense trying to come back and reclaim it at the end. Um, Just because right now the confidence level in the offense overall is not good. That's why that's one reason why I'm ex- I, excited, hopeful, whatever you want to put it. The Giants game should be a great game to get this fixed because once again, the matchup favors the Cowboys. Uh, if you look at DVOA and that kind of stuff, uh, the Giants are a below average team when you look at offense and defense together. The Cowboys even after the doldrums they've been going through, are still one of the top five or six franchises in the NFL. Uh, they don't have to put it all together. They just this is a situation where they can show some, just show us some good improvement. You know, get a couple of good drives during the game and capitalize off of a, a good field position from a turnover or something with a touchdown rather than settling for a field goal. Uh, They, you know, they had to, had to trot Greg Zerline out there too many times and it shouldn't be happening. The red zone is still just quicksand for the Cowboys offense. They just Mm -hmm. get in it and sink. So that's needs to change. Uh, Will we see it change? That's what I'm hoping for. But right now I think the defense can, can keep this team afloat uh, this week. They got the, the football team coming to AT&T Stadium, so they should be able to do that again against them, especially if the offense makes some improvements. And then that gets us to the Arizona Cardinals game. 
And that could be an important game the way things are shaping up. Yeah. Well, and that's worth taking a look at as well, right? With the Dallas Cowboys at nine and four, one mm-hmm. game back of a three team lead for the one seed in the NFC. Now, odds are at this time, the Cowboys have about a 60% chance of winding up with the four seed. The Rams, prior to Monday night's game, had about a 70% chance of winding up at the wild as the wild card. But now those numbers are shifting slightly, Tom. And that is because the Arizona Cardinals just lost DeAndre Hopkins for the remainder of the regular season. So we'll have mm-hmm. to see how that plays out. But that is news for the Cowboys and for Cowboys fans to keep an eye on because that could play a role in how this plays out down the stretch, right? Um, obviously, Tampa and Green Bay, it's hard to see Tampa faltering down the stretch here. They've got a game against an upstart team in the New Orleans Saints that really doesn't have the offensive firepower to stay with them. And then a pair of games against the Carolina Panthers, who even if they're led by Cam Newton or P.J. Walker, or even if Sam Darnold does come back, they're probably sewing up the division with ease. And so Mm -hmm. I don't have much hope for the one seed. Tom, to be honest with you. And I've kind of put that out of my mind, even though technically they're just one game back. I, I know you may want to talk me into that and I'll allow you to do so. But for me, I just think there are too many obstacles to expect that all three of those teams fall back to you and give you an opportunity. I'm not going to argue that with you um, because it, it, it's the fact that there's three teams ahead of them. And I think the chances are good that at least one of those teams is going to finish strong and get the one seed. However, you've already mentioned that the Cardinals suddenly have a problem with uh, DeAndre Hopkins being out. Uh, The Rams showed that maybe they are not quite as robust a team as we thought they were when they beat them on uh, over the weekend. And, Now, you know, Aaron Rodgers aggravated his toe injury. Nah, (sighs) that's too much. I'm not buying any of that BS coming out of Green Bay, right? I I know he's dealing with the toe Mm. and he's dealing with it all season. And he's going to get surgery on it, right? But in no way is that hindering or stopping Aaron Rodgers from doing what he needs to do. So that to me is is not registering on my radar. I know that is news. I know it's newsworthy. I imagine he'll probably get surgery at the end of the year, and I'm not saying it's not bothering him. But from a playing standpoint, you know, I still see him running around in the pocket, right? He hasn't abandoned his ability mm-hmm. to scramble or, or get yards with his legs, and, and he still is throwing the ball with the same kind of zip as Aaron Rodgers always has. So yeah. that, to me, doesn't do the Cowboys any favors. Well, I'm just going to keep an eye on it, not only for – the rest of the the regular season where, yeah, they don't face very much going down the stretch. Yeah. But if we have to meet him in the playoffs and his Mm. toes bothering him with the Marcus Lards, Randy Gregory and Michael Parsons. And yeah, that might be something to keep in the back of your head. You know what? I agree with you. Look, if we get that far down the road, then we can have the conversation about how much, you know, his, his toe may be ailing him because Hey, if you're trying to run around in Lambeau in January against Randy Gregory and Marka Parsons and trying to get away from those two, you could find yourself in some trouble. I want to get into 
the article that you wrote for us, of course, uh, in regards okay. to what we'd like to see from the Cowboys. But just quickly before I do that, I wanted to take one more time, a second to ask you a particular question I've been curious about, right? Okay. If, if Dan Quinn and the defense needs to get a stop, right, they're going to turn to Micah Parsons. They're going to turn to a few things that you would expect, right? The stalling that we have seen from the Cowboys offense, Dak Prescott, Kellen Moore, and the like, in many people's opinion, is coming from the idea that they do not have an identity, right? They do not have something that they can say that this is what we do exceptionally well, and when things are going poorly for us, this is what we're going to lean on. So I ask you, Tom, if you needed a go-to play and you're Kellen Moore, what would you dial up for this Cowboys offense to get them a play that's either to get the chains moving, to get some kind of synchronization going? What would you call to get that momentum and kind of the drive starter going if you were Kellen Moore? Hurry up, no huddle, go at them fast. Uh, you know, don't don't huddle unless you've got the clock stopped on an incompletion or something. Come at them fast and get Dak into a quick read instinctive mode because I think the one problem he's dealing with is that he's having some some issues when he has to to when he's trying to make a read or let a play develop. Let him go with with quick hitters, fast openers, and just keep coming. Uh, don't give the other team a chance to make adjustments. I think that is what they ought to be doing, starting with the first possession against the Giants. Yeah. To me, it's I'm calling I'm calling one of three plays. I'm calling an Amari slant. I'm calling a CD screen. Although, quite honestly, that CD screen should have. I mean, by and large, this season should have been way more effective for him and the Cowboys than it has been. He's dropped way too many. I think he's dropped three of those now, which is somewhat, you know, infuriating, right? But I don't want to take too much away from CD because I would still call that play feeling like I know I'm going to get something positive from that. And the third one I think I might call is a short end for, uh, for Schultz, right? I think mm -hmm. that's one that, that gets Dak into a rhythm that makes him comfortable, and it's a throw that's easy to complete for him, right? It's right up the gut. Um, it, it's not a particularly high-risk throw because it's a tight end. He can kind of throw it low, throw it into the ground if need be. But those are the three that I would kind of rely on, and I would rank them in that order, right? The Amari slant, I feel like we probably should be seeing more of, especially when we've had these drives kind of stall out in the way that we have. So, I mean, I'm interested to hear from our listeners who out there, what, what play would you call to get the Cowboys back on track? What play would you call if the Cowboys were stalling out to, to get them back in rhythm and maybe get something out of Dak Prescott? I'm sure we'll hear from some people as well, a, a rollout um, perhaps for Dak Prescott. Although, again, not something we've seen a whole hell of a lot of here recently. So I was just curious to get your take on that. I love the no huddle idea. Again, another portion of the offense that they've found success with in the past, and yet it doesn't feel like we've gone to that as much as we're capable of so far. Yeah, and you the, the, the three plays you mentioned would all be things that would fit well with a no-huddle up-tempo thing. Yes. And I'd like to say I'd like to see them. Uh, they've been using some offensive linemen uh, in unusual roles. Uh, 
And I'd love to see them call a screen that's got, you know, Connor Williams or, or whoever is available getting out as the lead blocker instead of, you know, line them up as a tight end and then put them out there to, to, to block on the screen. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's falls under one of the categories of the stuff I talked about. Maybe we can dig into that and it'll come back up. Well, all that being said, right, we're lamenting some of the struggles that the Cowboys offense has exhibited here recently, but they're nine and four. They're just one game back of the best record in the NFL. And it's important to keep that into perspective as we look forward, knowing that they can pretty much sew up their division this weekend, especially when the majority of the NFL is still fighting for that spot um, and still mm-hmm. fighting to do that in their own division. They can yeah. coach their division sooner than any other team in the NFL is capable of doing. So yeah, now it, it's it yeah it, it's slim that they would lock up the division. It's a very good chance to lock up a playoff spot and be one of the, not the first team to do that. Mm-hmm. Because you realize right now, nobody, AFC, NFC, anywhere, has locked up a playoff spot with four games to go. That's pretty that's, cool, actually. That's very cool. <laughs> I that's like it. Cool. I like it when the season's competitive this far along. No question about it. And the Cowboys are right in the thick of things, currently the four seed. But they get to play a New York Giants team this weekend that is somewhat hobbled, in my opinion, hobbled. Now, I know you don't necessarily mm-hmm. agree with that. Before we get into mm-hmm. kind of what we want to see from the Cowboys, taking a quick look at the Giants for a minute, right? Kadarius Toney is a player who made an awful lot of noise against the Cowboys the last time these two faced off, had his best game of the season, and looked like a dynamic weapon for the New York Giants. Now, he doesn't have Daniel Jones throwing to him. In your opinion, it may be an upgrade with Mike Glennon. I agree with you on the experience front. I disagree a little bit with how badly he can hurt you. I think Daniel Jones can still hurt you with his legs. I don't expect or fear anything that Mike Glennon does running the football. But with all that being said – is this a better Giants team than the team they played previously this season? I don't think so. Uh, Giants have a lot of people on their injury report compared to the Cowboys, who once again are coming in. Uh, you know, the, the big miss is probably going to be Tyron Smith. I mean, he's he's likely not to be playing, was, is my understanding. They're going to give him an extra week. Um well, we only got three he, more games of Tyron Smith's quota before he hits his 13-game <laughs> quota, and he's out yeah. for the rest of the year. So I say we preserve him until the playoffs, Tom. Yeah. Now the question is, does the 17-game season add a game to his quota? Uh, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, get him a tour uh, shot at least, and, yeah. and hopefully he'll be okay. No, all joking aside, wishing the very best. It, is, it actually Smith. is a good game to probably rest him. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. as I said, and, and other than that, uh, Tony Pollard was expected to practice, but apparently didn't, but it sounds like they're hoping to get him back. And outside of that, you know, uh, Donovan Wilson is in the window now to come back from IR. They, they, they've got the hands on deck. They're getting nicked up out there, you know, and we had a scare when Zach Martin went down, but he got right back up and got back in. 
So, you know, we're going to have to figure out what they're going to do at left tackle, uh, whether it's going to be Terrence, Terrence Steele or Ty Secchi. I, I would guess it would be Steele, but I don't know what the coaching staff is thinking yeah. about on that. Well, we're credit assuming... to Ty Secchi to at least making himself a part of that conversation. I think, yeah. you know, several weeks ago, he was almost a forgotten man, you know, yeah. on borderline. Uh, I don't ne- really ever want to see him out there again. And he looks serviceable. In, in yeah. Tyron Smith's stead. Now, now I'm going to knock on wood here because they're telling us that Lyle Collins is not going to get suspended for throwing a punch. Uh, we've seen that before and it turned out to mm-hmm. be wrong. So I'm hoping it holds up and he just gets a fine. Believe me, I loved the fire he showed in trying to protect his quarterback about against what he saw was uh, somebody trying to roll up on Dak's legs out of bounds. Yep. But come on, you gotta you gotta be smart and not cost the team your own services that way. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see if it all comes together, and hopefully, this is a week where, as I said, they can start to correct some things. Well, they got an opportunity to do that against a bad Giants defense, but it has to start somewhere, right? So let's get into it, Tom. Uh, In terms of what we would like to see from the Cowboys, where do we start? Gosh, it depends on – it's actually – there are four things on offense, and they all interconnect to some degree. So let's just go with the one that everybody's talking about, Dak Prescott. Uh, He has not looked sharp. He has made some bad throws like the interception where he just lost the linebacker and put it right in his chest. The overthrows Uh, to CeeDee are the ones that have stuck out to me the most, not just because he's on my fantasy team and I got to see those completed, but really because in a lot of cases, he wasn't under a ton of pressure. And he's just missing high, which speaks to, you know, poor footwork, mechanics, all those things that um, quarterback coaches kind of use as hyperbole. But when you see it play out, it it matters, right? That continuity, that that practice time, it does seem to matter for a guy, you know, still coming off of a shoulder injury. Yeah. Or the calf injury. Yeah, calf injury. I, I, I will say this. The only thing I think that's going to help him is to get some success. I thought on the touchdown he threw to Amari Cooper, we were starting to see that because he made a beautiful throw there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, okay, now he's getting rolling. And then he just kind of stumbled his way through the rest of the game. Uh, so, yeah, I'm hoping that they can do some things like maybe what you just brought up about, you know, some, some plays to get things moving or as, you know, as I suggested, just go up tempo and go out there and and play like it's the two minutes for, for a good part of the, the, the first half and see, see if that doesn't get some things clicking, Mm -hmm. but he's going to have to just play through it. Frankly, I think that's what we're down to. There's no magic solution. There's no coaching tips. There's, there's no, you know, specific drills for him to work on. He's just going to have to play through this and get his rhythm back. So I'm hoping the Giants is a game where he can do that. Now, it should the, be. Uh, yeah, the Giants it rank be. twenty. They are twenty fifth in the league with just twenty five sacks. 
through 14 games or 13 games rather this season. So not an elite pass rushing unit, um, even without Tyron Smith this week, Dak should find himself with plenty of time in the pocket to operate. Yeah. And that's been a factor for him. I think there's some distrust right now of his pass protection. So maybe this will be a, a game where he can feel a little more comfortable and start to build back some trust if they can, they can help him out there. Now, the next thing that I think it, that it's really kind of bothering me is that what happened to Kellen Moore's magic? Because he was doing some fantastic things with plays and schemes and, and throwing some odd looks at the, the defenses, and that's just gone away. Uh, you know, like you said, a lot of screens when maybe we like to see them attack more downfield. What's really bothered me is that he keeps running the ball up the middle and nothing seems to be happening there. The only decent running plays they've had, including, unfortunately, the long run for a touchdown by Tony Pollard when he injured his plantar fascia, uh, that was to the outside. They've done some things with C.D. Lamb out of the backfield, getting him wide. You know, I'd like to see more just almost totally run people outside the tackles for a while uh, rather than try to go up the middle. And that includes with Zeke. Try to get him wide. You know, you get him a block out there and, and you know, seal off that edge, and he can, he can do some damage out there. Uh, but, you know, some of it may come back, you know, to the fact that it, it, it's not always Moore's fault because we saw players that were or, or receivers that were going left with Dak clearly was throwing to them to be to the right. There's communications issues. People are not straight. And this was not scramble drills. This was in during what was looked like the normal play scheme the play plan and people were just not on the same page uh mentioned how they had screens set up and that just were not blocked well um so there's some failures with the players that are not helping which the coaching staff should be trying to get those fixed but sometimes the players have to step up too and then that brings us, since we've been talking about Dak in the passing game, and we spoke briefly about it, that brings us to the running game. When your quarterback's having trouble throwing the ball, it really is good to have a dependable running game to help him out a little bit. The Cowboys have not had that for several weeks now. Uh, you know, Zeke's been dealing with his injury, although there's encouraging news that he said he played with a knee brace on and felt much better coming out of the uh, Washington game, and he plans to continue using it. So maybe that'll help. Uh, maybe Tony Pollard will get back and give him that change of pace that they can try to unleash. But, and, and you know, maybe Kellen Moore can dial up some plays that'll work better. Hey, maybe, maybe Corey they, Clement can get on the outside edge and get some work in. Uh, he got plenty of yeah. work in last week, and he didn't look too yeah. bad either. You know, I yeah, think and your, your point about getting the run game going, though, goes back, and as you said, so much of it is interconnected. But it goes back to Kellen Moore calling plays that 
will allow the run game to get going. Um, yeah. When they pack the middle, not only does that leave, you know, leave Dak Prescott in a little bit of a bind, right? And that may be leading to some of his insecurities in that pocket because it's collapsing so quickly and it's collapsing in front of him, right? It's not always happening on the outside edges, right? It's happening on the inside. Well, when they're doubly benefiting from adding guys in that spot, because we're consistently running into that position where there are already extra defenders, I agree. That's an aspect of, of the game that I'm surprised Kellen Moore hasn't already taken note of and made adjustments to. I don't know if that's a stubbornness or just a, again, an insecurity in it, right? I don't know if yeah. he has misgivings about what they've done to the outside, but I think the analysis that's available out there would tell you that they have much more success running outside was- tackles this season than they have inside. Now let's let's add in the fourth piece to this little interconnected puzzle of this Dallas Cowboys offense, and that's the offensive line. You know, we already know they're going to be missing Tyron Smith, but what are they going to do about left guard? You know, are they going to they going to ride or die with with Connor McGovern, who clearly has not been living up to expectations? Are they going to admit a mistake and put? Connor Williams back in, which is what my vote is. I felt that last week would have been a bad time to do that just because I was worried about Williams needing some time to get back into the flow of being the starter there against the giants. I feel like it would be a much better time to, to try that. Uh, you know, they've got to get something going there and, you know, it's 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 odd because there's there's a great value to continuity on the offensive line, but right now what they're looking at continuing is a real mess between the center and the left tackle, and and they need to get something worked out with that uh, and Do get they, the line. Should they be incorporating some more Dak Prescott design runs as well? You know, he took off and ran for first down and looked pretty good at it. And you know, was, but was a design, right? I no, I don't think it was a design run. But what I said, I'm saying is that says to me that yeah, they could work in just one or two. Do it, you know, like you said, get a get a one of those rollouts where they they fake the handoff. Everything is flowing to the left. Roll him to the right uh, with you know one wide receiver out there running interference for him, mm-hmm. and uh, see if he can't get something going with a, an understanding that he's going to work close to the sideline and get out of bounds before he takes a hit. But that can help loosen things up the same way a, a conventional running play would, uh, and and get some pressure off of him in the passing game. So, yeah, I would not be at all against them trying some of that they need to do something they need to figure out what can this offensive line do and and how do you work with what they're capable of how do you roll out plays that don't overstress them and overtax them uh, you know they, they've got to come up with something because as i said if you notice you can't really talk about one of these things without looking at how the other three affect it and they all are affected, which is why 
it's not as easy. It's not like flipping a switch. It's like suddenly the light comes on for Dak and everything's hunky-dory. That's not how this is working. There's a lot of things that are happening, uh, a lot of different causes for it. And uh, it's, it's, it's like literally a Rubik's cube. You know, you, you have to get everything just right or it doesn't ever come together. Well, and it's that knowledge that I agree with. And that is why so many Cowboys fans are apprehensive because as, as nice as it is to lock up the division with a few weeks to go as nice as it is to knowing you're heading to the playoffs, barring some, you know, horror, horror, horrific, catastrophic, you know, collapse, all those are well and good, but ultimately we all want one thing. We all want to see the Cowboys back in the Super Bowl. And right now, based on what we've seen, it's hard to argue that the offense is ready to make that type of a run. And you do kind of want to see it together at some point on these games that while they matter, don't matter as much as a, winner go home scenario. So I agree with you. I think the Cowboys do have a tremendous opportunity to get back on track against a Giants defense that really shouldn't offer much resistance. They didn't offer much resistance the first time these two saw one another. And I would like to see the Cowboys find their way back uh, into the, the 40 burger mentality with their offense. However, comma, I do think we may be seeing a defense that is ready for a deep run into the playoffs. I mean, I agree, but you got to have them both, right? You got to have them both working to feel really confident. And eh, do you? It's, yeah, it's there are cases, and I phrased this badly during the live stream. So let me try to put this a little bit differently. Dak Prescott is a far better quarterback, I think, uh, in almost all aspects than players like Eli Manning or Joe Flacco. Hmm. They both have Super Bowl skins on their wall because they had an outstanding defense and all they had to do was not screw it up. That's what I see the Giants game is. Uh, Now, that's not something that would carry through when you're up against the really tough competition in January. But against the Giants, as long as the Cowboys don't commit some turnovers and give the Giants just freebie points almost, I think the defense is going to stymie New York. The Cowboys can work on trying to get some drives together, find something that works, start to rebuild some confidence, start to figure out what they need to do. And that's kind of what I'm looking for in this game. Well, tell me then, Tom. We know what we want to see. What will we see from the Cowboys against the Giants in the Meadowlands on Sunday in week 15? I think we're going to see uh, the Cowboys will, will, will be better offensively, not fixed, not completely, but I think we'll see them get a few things going get at least one long touchdown drive, not have to settle for as many field goals. Uh, still have to kick some because I don't expect them to get all the red zone where it was uh, taken care of. I expect to see uh, probably some good field position on a couple of turnovers that hopefully they can capitalize on. So I'm thinking it's going to – and I think in the defense will, will probably keep New York's offense in check. I'm looking for about a 30 to 13 win for the Cowboys. 
All right. For me, I think the Cowboys kind of do what they did uh, to the Giants earlier this season, right? They handled their business. They pretty much held them down outside of Kadarius Toney, who, by the way, tested positive for COVID, one of five players for the Giants to test positive for COVID, and he'll have to have some positive tests if he's going to be able to get uh, – some negative tests, rather, if he's going to be available this Sunday. But the Cowboys are going to get back into their 40-burger slot, sir, uh, as they did the last time they played the Giants. They hung 44 on them. I expect them to do close to that. 44-24 Cowboys win in the Meadowlands, and we're celebrating how great the offense looks again. Hopefully, we can couple that win with a a stumble by one of the teams that is currently above the Dallas Cowboys. We'll obviously be keeping an eye on the Green Bay Packers, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend. Yeah, before, before we get out, knock on some wood about that COVID thing, because right now, Cowboys have didn't get any positive tests, and there have been a rash of players test positive and go into the protocol across the NFL. You know, uh, mm-hmm. that's the great unknown, the, the the thing that you can't control, because at some point you got to get the players together, and uh, you know you don't want something spreading, so just you know, get your, your lucky rabbit's foot, you know, horseshoe, whatever, you know, and, and hope that the Cowboys can have some good luck for a while because I predict that there's going to be at least one playoff game that's going to be decided by who isn't available because the team has a breakout. Yeah. Well, might have to employ somebody to go give Cooper Cup COVID if it gets to that because that is the last person I want to see in the first round of the NFL playoffs. Just saying, um, potential you know, MVP candidate, Cooper Cup, I would argue, uh, from an offensive standpoint. But we digress. Another episode of Riled Up in the Books. Tell us what you think. Tell us your opinions on the Cowboys. We'd love to hear from you. At RW3 on Twitter, you can follow him. At Tom Ryle, BTB, representing the Blog and the Boys crew. And, of course, check out all the fine work at bloggingtheboys.com. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Blogging the boys with live content every Tuesday. We got our live reaction show that Tom is actually starring in. So you can check him out, say hello to him, and say hello to him and I on social media as well. But for Tom, I'm Roy. Stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we'll see you next Thursday.